first week and you're not tired anymore, you'll find that energy kicks in. Like I've had no coffee today and I've been working 10 hours. I'm still rocking and rolling from the proper breaks, the mental health breaks, the fitness is so vital. Hi, and welcome to the Winners on the Way show. I am your host, Trent Clark. Today, we welcome Vincent Lancey in episode 12, Mental Health. Vincent is a three-time published author and advocate of fitness and mental health. He is also the author of Left for Dead. He is a multiple podcaster of a couple different shows, which I have been featured on more than two of those. But today, we will be talking about his life learnings, failures, and successes, and how his life changed his daily morning routine. You will not want to miss our discussion on fitness levels and mental health, his morning routine, and not having a victim mentality, as well as being committed and surrounding yourself with the right noise, reaping what you sow in the impact of one event. You will not want to miss Vincent Lancey, one of New York's finest treasures, now down in Tampa. Join us for a great show. I welcome. My man, Vincent Lancy. Vincent, welcome. How are you? Trent, thank you for having me. I'm excited to speak with you again today. Man, I'm loving this, uh, this guest as winners find a way because Vincent is the ultimate winner. Man, I'm telling you, our show is one of unique. We bring a lot of great people in and one that are just always special to me. And so this is another special Memorial Day edition of the Winners Find a Way show. I am wearing my Freedom shirt, Land of the Free. Little pr- shout out to my Nine Line uh, apparel, which they kick butt down in uh, Charleston, Georgia. And it's super excited to have Vincent. Let's talk quickly about the, the premise of the show. You're here for the first time. Have you ever faced stiff adversity and the losses are mounting and you need to find a way? Well, you came to the right place to talk some shop. If you're already an entrepreneur, a business leader, an elite athlete, you're looking to become one of those things and you're on those journey today to being elite, we got some stuff for you. This is the podcast for you right here. This is the show because I've got folks that always deliver high quality content. Today is no different. Vincent, great to see you. Tell us where they can find you, my man. You can find me at vincentalancy.com, L-A-N-C-I. All my handles are at Vincent A. Lancy and YouTube as well. Beautiful. So let me introduce. You're going to take some questions for Vincent at the end, and I welcome all of them, and I'll be watching. I'll be Absolutely. monitoring the chat. If you're on and you've got questions, feel free. I will get that at the end. I am excited about some of these questions that we have already set up for Vincent But in addition, let me introduce Vincent a little bit. This guy is a native New Yorker. You might be able to tell how you see him, right? Like, But he's living in Tampa with all the rest of the New Yorkers who came down. So his mission, help others through my story and experience. And man, does this guy have some experience I'm excited about. Suffered a severe TBI. Tell him what a TBI is, Vince. TBI is a traumatic brain injury when your head experiences something in a trauma state and usually has a bit of recovery to go along with it. That's right. That's right. Now, most of us may know uh, 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 the TBI term. If you saw the movie concussion about the NFL and the challenges, as we hear about traumatic brain injuries, but Vince's Vince's life and his uh, experience is very different. Uh, Being involved in a hit and run accident in his early twenties, 
This guy has written a book called Left for Dead. You need to go pick it up. It is good. It is uh, to the point talking about his trial through this process. He is, in fact, is a three-time published author. And his newest, Mr. Lancey Talks Mental Health, uh, with a couple of friends of ours who helped him along as an author there, is just another phenomenal read and a great resource uh, for your young adults, for your kids, talking about mental health. This, this book is written very specifically for to help people just serving again Vince's mission. Coach, speaker, podcaster, Vince, welcome to the show, my man. Trent, thank you again for having me. It's going to be a good one. I love the energy you're bringing right away. Yeah, like we don't mess. So tell Vincent, like, tell all these people, like, hey, I'm going to go on Trent's show. Tell the audience why, hey, I want to get on this show and talk a little shop with Trent. Winners Find a Way show is brought to you by data-driven operations powered by Journeys. Journeys is a software solution that helps you create a winning formula for your organization. DD Ops powered by Journey helps you act as one, see as one, work as one, play as one, win as one. Are you looking for visibility, coachability, and productivity amongst your team? DD Ops is your software. Click on the link in the show notes to learn more. Me and Trent talk shop. We usually have one or two new ideas to come out of it by the end. We're always brainstorming together, helping each other grow. He's had the great chance to connect with my audience. So I've been real excited and looking forward to this date in the calendar. Yeah, you've got um, a great audience in entrepreneurship, the mental health side. You've got a lot of things that you speak to. I've been blessed to be a part of a couple of those shows and I'm thankful. Let's talk a little bit about for you. Vince, why don't you start telling us the most impactful thing you had happen as a kid, a point as a kid where you knew, hey, I am destined or at least wanted you know, to move forward, helping with other people, like making a difference, having the impact that you're having today. Did you have a moment that you said, hey, listen, this is, this is a bit of my calling? There were a lot of different moments through my growing up. Something I was very lucky and blessed to be a part of was called Our Town 2000. In fifth grade, one student from every elementary school gets selected to this community organization and we help people where, for example, if someone's house goes on fire, help the family in need, Veterans Day, um, toy drives, holiday drives, you name it. But when I first started speaking, my grandfather's a VFW, uh, you know, 40,000 award or something, or did World War II. And so speaking at the veterans say, veterans, you know, let them know how thankful we are for this country, the protection. That's where I first started like feeling, okay, um, giving back is going to be something I do forever. Fifth grade, that was still senior year. It was in Amen. this organization for a long time. No better weekend to remember that event on Memorial Day, right? You're, you're in fifth grade talking at the VFW, like giving thanks and blessings to the people that have come before us and made our lives yeah. so much better here and, and something we don't want to ever forget for sure. So love that. Let's talk about the next thing. In my show, Vince, we talk a lot about the book, the Four Disciplines of Execution, McChesney and Sean Covey, Stephen Covey's son, who's uh, currently CEO of the Covey Group International there out in Utah. A very good quote came from that book that I love. Winners, when shown data that they are losing, find a way to win. I mean, you as a former athlete, competitor, involved in a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. I mean, faced life and death challenge. Let's talk a little bit about your background that allowed you to overcome one of those life and death challenges. Like the data shows that you're, you're, 
you're not losing. You're, you're losing your life, right? Like this is on the line that first night of the hit and run. Can you talk a little bit about um, your experience in that? Yeah. You have to learn in life that failures, all these things where that don't go well, you have to look at them as learning lessons. Everything someone says to you cannot take it personal. You got to take it constructively because then you're not going to have, you're going to be the other side of that percentage right there. But growing back, just like you, baseball, the discipline and consistency we needed to display and being persistent on the ball field. Growing up, we played travel baseball in the Williamsport tournament. We won our district in New York. Mm. And that was blood, sweat, and tears, you know, yeah. six, seven days a week. And that becomes instilled in you. And then also having two parents who are extremely hardworking, that rub off on me. And it's always just been a part of me where, you know, my schedule for work, just it's, it's work hard, no excuses, and don't rest till it's over. Well, I love I love what you just pointed to there as you talk about Williamsport. For people that don't know, that is the Little League World Series that everybody watches on TV every year and watches, you know, the U.S. versus Taiwan or whatever, right? You got to win your district. And, and there's countless major leaguers, by the way, who played in it, right? Like all the way back. I mean, I, I remember when Gary Sheffield and um, what was the other New York Met? Strawberry. The Strawberry. most serious memory I have is when I was a kid. I think his name is Danny Almonte. He yes. got caught using a fake birth certificate. Kids yes. striking people out all yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's 15. Yeah. <laughs> right? right? He's got a beard and shaving. As you talk about that, though, you know, like you talk about those lessons. Yeah. Um, I, I think one of the very important lessons in that is you worked hard. But yeah. you reaped what you sowed very quickly. I mean, when you worked hard, you saw – the, the consequence of that was success, right? Like onto the regional championships, onto this. We were working hard, but we were getting reward for that hard work. Do you see that the same? I enjoy working hard because what comes out on the other side, having that victory, you know, winning a game after putting it all in there for a whole week. I mean, you can obviously resonate. There's no feeling like it, but it still yeah. goes back to consistency, being persistent, everything you do and the little things. And once I truly adapted that in my adulthood, after the injury, it's it was night and day, as you know, even with education, things just changed. Yeah. Let's talk about as as you you're fighting for your life, right? Like, I mean, this is this is touch and go. Um, at one you know, and you do really a good job in the book of talking about, hey, the first night is, hey, and this is how fast it changes, right? The first night is, hey, will this guy live or die? The second night is, will he uh, he looks like he's gonna live. Will he ever walk, talk, and feed himself and be able to have any kind of normalcy of any life right i mean this is these are decisions that are happening by the hours right not by not by like oh let's let's take a month think about it right this is happening in real time let's talk about the superpower that separates you from others what you came away from all that and separates you catapults you into that that top tier well i had a second lease on life is really how I looked at it. For whatever reason, I was in that spot at that time. And I woke up about a week later out of a coma. It was just either sit and sulk, cry, why me? Which happens to, unfortunately, the majority of the people out there, they'd rather sit and sulk than find a solution. For me, it was just, I'm going to turn the worst day in my life, my family's life, into something positive. And then as we fast forward, that was 2013. Now with this last book, the mental health book, Mr. Lancey Talks Mental Health, it's starting to become a little more known the brand of what I do and all of that. And from that experience, I knew if I didn't miss one appointment, I didn't miss one meeting, I, I would get back to Tampa as quickly as possible. I left, it was 85 degrees, 
went to New York. There's snow against the back window of the door. And there was a moment, my roommate's from Trinidad. He's out in the snow for the first time with the dog. And yeah. I'm in the house under four blankets and I'm seeing this snow. And I said, this ain't going to be long. I, I, this is not going to hold. They said over a year for school minimum, this, that, whatever. Expectations are just what people expect. You dedicate yourself, you're going to shatter them. And from that point forward, I was back down to Tampa getting cleared by doctors like April 13th or something. And I got hit January 20th. And they had wow. told me this. They said I was back in school that, that May semester, rocking and rolling. 90 days, like unheard of, right? So, yeah. so what do you, what do you attribute that to? Is it perseverance? Is it, is it strength of mindset? What do you, what do you, what do you think it is? Vincent? I think it's just being committed and surrounding yourself with the right noise. My parents, I'm very thankful because I know not every family life is how everybody wants it. Not that mine is, but I had two parents who laid out hard work my whole life. And then as I got older, my friends laid out hard work, what they were doing. Went to school for finance. The people in my classes were equally hardworking. Continually to surround myself with that mindset where there's competition. You know, you thrive off competition early. And I and that keeps me going. Even when out of the finance world, all the experiences that led up to it, being told I'll never walk again, being told I might have an aid for the rest of you know, for I could have an aid, 24-7 aid. Those oh, things, yeah. there, there was just no saying yeah. someone that I've never met because of something I didn't deserve or didn't do is gonna ruin my life. He already did enough. He already didn't do a jail sentence. I'm not going to let anything else affect me. I'm going to do my thing and I'm on my way, I think. You know, what I hear is tough lot. You know, it's your lot. It's not anybody else. It's, it's very specific to you and where you're at. There'll be no victim mentality, right? There just wasn't going to be a, a woe is me moment for any of it. Knowing what you know now today, I mean, you know, you're looking back. This is, this is almost eight years, right? What anything you'd have done differently? Yeah, I would have got both feet in the door a lot sooner. I was still a finance guy. I was still doing like financial advising type thing with different organizations. The last one was like Primerica, part time, the real estate, the VIP kid teaching online, the restaurant, you name it, entrepreneurship all the way. And then eventually, my grandma's dementia was really escalating a little more. I would spend more time in New York than Tampa for about nine months. Still had the room here or whatever, but I was there. And that's the point where I really did Left for Dead. I went all in, uh, went home, had a little corporate job in the beginning. I realized I'd be there for a little longer. Eventually said, no, that's the last finance job. Had more money than I ever had. Had the job title I always wanted. And I wasn't happy. I was commuting three hours a day, surrounded with that corporate life. Said, no more. It's going to grind time. I would write. And you'll like this schedule, Trent. I'd wake <laughs> up, uh, plan to finish 24 hours near my house. Go work out sometime before 4 a.m. Teach 4 a.m. to 10 a.m. Kids in overseas 12 hours ahead. Then we go do construction. Just a helper because of my injuries. I'm just painting or helping work. And then we're going busboy work, expo work. Now I'm a 27, 28-year-old man with a master's being a busboy. Talk about humbling myself, man. It was yeah, just right. eye, on, eye on the prize and can never realize that you can't think anybody's ever better than you. You're better than them. It's We're all equal. I have a master's degree. Not very typical in that role. Yeah. And a busboy just, it just not normally what people with that degree do. Sure. But I was so focused. I was all in. And since that book went all in, I mean, the podcast got created. You know, Dr. Denise, she was my first guest. Yes. Through a yes. cold email, cold Facebook message, cold LinkedIn. Yeah. And it started building the brand like with you, different networking ways. Yeah. I love it. Let's, um, let's talk about is there a value 
I mean, you've talked about hard work significantly, but is there is there a value or belief that you haven't mentioned yet that when you were down, you turned to things right away for you? Like, what is there something specifically for you that when you were down, like saying, hey, this is, this is, you've talked about your family, you've talked a little bit about your grandmother, something that specifically speaks to that, that gets you out of that and gets you moving. Fitness, undoubtedly. Fitness is so important for my mental health. And right now I'm in the best physical shape, probably other than the leg, which is always going to just be hanging around there. Uh, <laughs> the metal leg, which, from, which is from that accident. I have the metal rod in my leg, the two screws in the knee, two in the ankle. But it's fitness. And people just think exercise, that means lifting weights, and it doesn't. There's some points where my morning routine includes a 15-minute walk, timer goes off, 15 minutes back. 30 minutes to clear my head, taking all the noises outside. Every morning, I'm some kind of exercise. It starts my day, and I'll overthink things if I don't do it. I'll be thinking about things I mm. shouldn't be focusing on. Mentally, it just keeps me in check, and it extends my day. Once you exercise more than that first week and you're not tired anymore, you'll find that energy kicks in. Like I have had no coffee today. And I've been working 10 hours. I'm still rocking and rolling from the proper breaks, the mental health breaks, the fitness. You know, it's it's so vital for me, Trent. I love that. I love that. And, you know, you're speaking to my world, right? Like the fitness yeah. world, right? Like, you know, I love it. And I find the same thing. I find like there is an automatic equation that I can correlate like my fitness level to my mental health, right? And and, uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't feel the same if I don't work out. Like I, I started getting horrible. a couple of days off and a couple of days quiet and this and that. And I'm like, man, like I, I need to get back to something. Like I, I want to sleep more. I'm more lazy. I'm less productive. Like I see it immediately and it, it's, you know, and to me, so we talk a lot about the drift, right? Catch my drift. And that's why I love lifting partners, right? Because, you know, if I, if I, if I start moving away, you know, it's like, hey, Vince called me, hey, man, why aren't you at the gym working out with me, man? Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah I need to get back. Like, instantly catch my drift and get me back right on the line I'm supposed to be on. Because we don't, we don't go running away from what we believe, right? We drift, right? And it's not intentional necessarily. It's not pointed. It's certainly not desired always. But yet, here it happens. And we're like, whoa, man, like, this is on. So how do you, do you, do you find the same thing? Yeah, just make sure that that day off doesn't turn to two, three days off on the right. couch and then having an excuse be made up justifying why you didn't do it. I'm pretty hard on myself when it comes to fitness goals and all of my goals, which have no longer really, there's no time limit on my goals because I've been tending to really shatter every them all the time. And I'm very grateful for the ability to stay motivated. It's just small wins in the right direction. Even the other way now we're talking, just building momentum small wins. Like I got my mental health podcast sponsored recently. You actually know uh, Carlos, who I introduced to you too. Yes, of course. His new practice here. Shout out to Carlos. He has a new Tampa counseling and wellness practice um, right here next to the hospital. He's doing a lot of great things. So that small win to keep me going into yesterday, you know, and then today it's just been having the extra day to work, not planning on working today, just taking the most advantage of it as possible. Maybe got another hour or two in me, but that's it. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I'm getting, I'm getting your last hour, but the best hour. So oh, I'm all in so, for you, Trent. You that's right. That. So, and great. Dr. Carlos, big shout out, like person who's absolutely follows in the mission of where Vince is at committed to mental health and wellness. And he is a practicing psychologist. He's uh, fabulous building a big brand there in the Tampa area. 
so excited for Dr. Carlos. So, and I think that's a great marriage, right? Like for you guys together, uh, developing uh, your content and, and building that out in his practice. I think that's perfect. So let's, mm-hmm. um, let's talk a little bit about, because you are a coach. One of the questions is, do the best athletes make the best coaches? I think they certainly are given the mindset and the ability to combine leadership with teamwork situations. You're out you're, in baseball, especially it's not a wrestling match. Wrestling. I enjoyed because there was nobody else I could blame. It was, if I lost, yeah. it's me, but with baseball, there's a teammate element involved. You have to yeah. pick your teammates up when you're down. And especially when you play competitively, I was nowhere near as you, but having that mindset where the pressure is on, you're not going to let yourself down, but more importantly, that next guy up is relying on you. Yes. Yeah, I think it's interesting as you say that, you know, I, that was a big paradigm shift for me because, you know, when I heard that, like, I loved wrestling because it was up to me. Yeah. Like, I was pretty decent at wrestling as a kid, young, right? I was, I was okay. And, and so I looked at that. I probably learned a lot of self-control, some self-discipline of that yeah. because I didn't want to go lose, man. I was, I was thinking about it like, I don't want to lose. And you know, I think over a couple of years, I think about that time where I really left wrestling at like maybe 10, 12 years old. And, and I didn't do any individual sports for through those middle years. It was really weird. I think about that from like 10 to 15 or 12 to 15, where I'm on a football program, I'm in a basketball team, I'm on a, you know, baseball team, whatever, and hockey team. And Man, I, 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 now, now if I went back to 15, which I did, I went back heavy into tennis and I'm playing on the, the junior circuit, right? And man, you said, I love that there's no excuse. I'm like, man, I want someone to blame. Like, why did I just get my butt kicked right now? Like, hey, I, we lost in a football game, but I scored four touchdowns. Like, you know, like I did my job, right? And, and now it was gut time for me. Like, it was hard in that high school level to look back. And now I was like, man, I had some sauce and I was so competitive that like losing, I didn't want to turn that back on me internally. And I was having friction in battling that internally. Like I didn't want to think bad about myself because I was, you know, the guy I think I can, you know, like self-positive affirmation. And I'm like, gotta go, man, I just lost 6061 to Todd Martin. You know, like this guy, I didn't know he was going to be like the fourth best player in the world at the time, right? All I know is that he just whipped the snot out of me, <laughs> right? And I was like, man, I wish I could blame Lancey or somebody on the team who might have, you know, like I, I got nowhere to go except I got to go get better. Well, over time, man, losing or failing or lessing learning, that's been my norm. But as a kid playing that competitive, losing was like a, a knife in the stomach. You're losing these ball games. Yeah. We're, we're, we're expecting to win game in and game out. Our pitchers, yeah. we had Tommy the righty, and then we had a lefty Zach, and then we had Brett who was throwing a curveball at 12, the craziest curveball. Like they, yeah. we had we put in the work and we really prioritized baseball at that time. There was no early partying. It was these things when we were on the field, it was summer was our thing. If we knew yeah. it was time to we're a family, Cooperstown yeah. tournaments, you name it. Well, I, you know, I don't see that. I don't, I don't, do you see that today with the kids? Because I don't know how much, I, I don't know how much uh, exposure you have to that. You know, I have five kids, so I have a lot of exposure to that. And it's, and it's, um, you know, everyone wants to be in travel and everyone wants to be this. And, and um, it's almost like to find that you can't find that in recreation sport anymore because 
you know, it's like, it's almost like it's not allowed. It's looked down upon to have all this focus and competitive drive. Like, whoa, you can't have that here. This is wreck. You need to go to travel and go compete for, yeah, like what? Like, why can't a kid who's 10 years old be competitive and have drive, you know? So it's yeah. an interesting perspective now. Do you see that the same in kids or what's your exposure? I don't have too much exposure. I have a, my cousin's kid, I think is eight or nine. He's one year after T-Bolt. He's coach's pitch. Yeah. And of course, there are parents who are living vicariously through the kids. <laughs> and that's just, that's always the way it is. And parents love their kids so much that they're involved. Um, there's been some situations. That, I mean, but I think that will always be there. But I think more now, travel ball, kids come from all over and they join a team. We had a situation. We were our Larkfield Little League team where we grew up together. Yeah. Stayed together because we had the chemistry. But once that 12-year-old Williamsport ended, it was one duck leaving the pond after a time. Yeah. Slowly the yeah. team. And then everybody was just on different teams. Mm, yeah, that's an interesting theory because – and it's an, and I think it's dead on, by the way, in the fact that, you know, back in the day, we all played with our friends. That's how we grew up. And, yeah. and that has changed a little bit because now it's like, hey, we need to get this kid from 41 miles away because, you know, he's 13 throwing 75. <laughs> like, what? What? Like, and then we got to have that. And so when are you going to see him? You're not riding your bike over at 41 miles, right? Like We didn't have a, cell phones. I'm not even old. I'm old. I'm yeah, not, right. I didn't have a cell phone growing up. I got my first phone, I think, was seventh grade. It was a little flip thing and it was, it was awesome it was great but we, yeah. had, we had to ride our bike to our friends or we had to call yeah. the house phone yeah well and and you know a lot of people don't know this about me but like i played you know my high school went to the state championship my sophomore junior senior year right in a row like never done before in the state of michigan to have a high school baseball team go to three state championships in a row we, we only won one of those by the way but like we went through the three of them and and so incredible but i but i think about how how what, what was the difference um, you know, much like our Angels O2 team that won the world championship without a major phenomenal superstar, we were like that too. We were a bunch Amazing. of kids from a district who stayed together since we were 12 or 13 years old, all the way till we were 18. We knew our roles, we knew our responsibilities, we played exactly. well together, we went out after and hung out, and we were down at the diner together. And kids are riding their bikes over to each other. We were before cell phones in high school, brother. I'm old, right? Yeah, yeah. So like, you know, you know, we're old, old. All right. And so, you know, I think about that and I think about, man, there's, there's, so what, what do we need in those teams, right? We need that, that trust amongst each other. We need to be able to have conflict and know that we're still friends and we're yep. trying to do our best together and, and, and we're all committed to the mission and the vision. And man, that's a big difference because that's hard to bring when you try to bring a bunch of kids and stir the pot together go hey hey you're gonna all make this great cake together and you're like superstar ah. syndrome you know yeah, yeah everybody wants to be a star when you're when kids like us growing up we had our roles we didn't have to love our roles but our roles were our roles if you're a starter you're a bench player coming in in little league there's rules everybody gets you know all that so it's strategy yeah. comes in we had one guy the backup middle infielder backup middle outfielder corner you know the whole nine yeah accept your role and we ended up winning our district. We lost. We didn't go far after, but we won our district. And that was something, one of my greatest accomplishments. So proud of yeah. and the friendships. I'm still in touch with some of the guys getting married. Alex getting married in December, pushed back by five times, but. <laughs> by, co by COVID, right? Yeah, not yeah, by yeah. Alex. No, Alex not by doesn't have cold feet, people. No. <laughs> it's just COVID, all right? Yeah. So, all right. So let's talk about, I mean, you've had a lot of success, Vince, but you've also had some challenge. Uh, you won a lot. 
what's what's the best battle that you've conquered in your lifetime that you absolutely point to? I mean, there's a clear one there, obviously, but like, what's most intrinsic to you? I think it would having the ability and courage and persistence to go not just the accident, but go back to school. Like like I said, the giving up was the easy thing. I had to wake up and ride an arm bicycle every morning. If you never had to do that, that is probably the most tedious thing you will ever do. You will hate yourself real quickly. And in my book, I talk about that. I mean, left for dead with the journal, yeah. but there's a point where I was taught, once you're not on level zero, well, I'll start here. When the nurses asked me what school I was at, when I started not getting out of it after a coma, I said Pulaski Elementary School. I thought I was a five-year-old boy when I was a 21-year-old finance student at college. Mm. So then once I snapped out of it, you start losing the denial, which was the turning point, accepting everything. Okay, I'm not riding this arm. Like I can buy an arm bicycle. I don't need to do this. And I would start pretending to play sleep. And my mom would have to bribe me with uh, a Big Mac. They had a McDonald's in the hospital. And I was never like overweight or anything, but I, I always loved McDonald's. I don't know why. <laughs> so, then I, so then she would buy my wheelchair. We'd go over to McDonald's and... That would be my, uh, you know, just getting the ball rolling, getting back and knock. That was where I started not just missing the appointments. As much as I didn't want to go, that helped kick me in the direction where we're going to go because of the Big Macs. Uh. Then we're, we're going to go because we're getting out of the hospital. I had no release date because this brain injury is a day-by-day, week-by-week, month-by-month thing. Some days were a year ahead, then the next day was five years back. Mm. So it was just a nightmare all the way through it. And it, yeah. just, it was just get what I have to get done, and then I can go home. Mm. I thought I, it was a hotel. You know, I I wonder I wonder how much McDonald's has inspired <laughs> kids because you know what kids would go through the wall for a for a you know soft serve cone man <laughs> like well it was that or the cafeteria so I, right it was, it was right? all in if I had the opportunity to grab it yeah you know. maybe maybe you need McDonald's as a sponsor for your podcast <laughs> I think they should come along because you know McDonald's has inspired millions as parents I don't know if I want to be uh inspiring or bribe I'm not sure which one it was but McDonald's has served many a time you know with a McFlurry or whatever the taster of choice right but uh McDonald's serves and gets us going as much as we go oh their food quality yada yada yo there's well, a college life McDonald's was still oh, part man. of that that budget and affordable you know, was, oh yeah, yeah. Well, I mean Thank God I'm not really too big into it now. Every every so often I'll drive by and, and cave because I'm using my cheap meal. But it's not like cheap fast food anymore. It's I can get a real healthy mood food cheaper at Publix or something, a pre-made meal. Yeah, um, yeah, a lot of competition in the market, right? Now it's changed. Lot, um, I, mean, I was blown away. So let's let's let's. Uh, here's a question I have for you. Um, you got great insight on a lot of people and you know most people hold up a mirror to themselves and look for things that they could be doing, whether that they're, you know, the proverbial mirror, you know, of my emotional intelligence or my leadership capability or my fitness, or what do you think when you, you, you've had to do this for others? I mean, what do you think when they hold up that they don't see that they, that they might be missing? That's really important. Usually blinded by things that are just right in front of you. For example, one of my shiny object syndromes I've recently been trying to transition was Instagram. I would be so focused on six episodes per podcast. Yes, all of these things never translated to revenue at the time, never translated to more downloads necessarily. And I wasn't getting paid. People that have money, not that they're not on Instagram, they're more prevalent on LinkedIn, Facebook, and YouTube. So my learning lesson now is just like, all right, pump out content on YouTube, get the show links on YouTube, Mm. 
all of these things where I'm just thinking I'm, I'm doing everything. I'm rocking. I'm getting followers. Cool. Yeah. But they're not buying anything. So they're not even the right followers. So now I'm just so much more ambitious and aware to network with people every single day that are in my realms. The podcast now, I get emails filling my calendar for those. So I'm very grateful. But mm-hmm. I do reach out still because I have my own goals of 50 interviews in all 50 states. I want to interview each state. So if you're listening on and you're a founder of a company, check out my um, At That Entrepreneur Show. On yeah, what Instagram. states do you still need, man? What states, are, what I, states I do you think half. are going to be hard? I have half. I have half. I'm 25. Oh, you do? Away. Okay. But all right. my first season was probably, I don't have my notebook in this room, but Tampa, Florida, Texas. Yeah. Maybe one or two different ones. And then you start to get ever. Now Michigan. This, Michigan. Michigan. Oh, was, that, was I season two? Was I season two? You are season two. Yes. And now oh, okay. this past right. season, let's think. We've had episode one, United Kingdom. Episode two, Seattle, Washington. Episode three, Denver, Colorado. This week, Atlanta, Georgia. Next nice. week, India. Oh, uh, India. Nice. The week after that is going back to Ukraine. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And that's just all persistence to networking. I used to be so scared. Northwestern Mutual. Making the cold calls, like, no, 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 get shook, shut down. Now it's like sometimes I know they're going to say no, so I don't hope for a no. But then I learn and I tweak it. My LinkedIn open rate, like opening the message I had was like 27% in my first runs. And then I tweaked it a little more. And then now like about half the people open and answer it. Cool. I'm recorded on all four of my shows through Labor Day. It's nuts. Nice, man. Nuts. So, so, take the summer nuts. off, bro. So next week, next few weeks, spend some time with my family and I have catching up to do like, you know, other goals, audio books, things like that nature. My Spanish, I have a little collaboration coming out and there's things I want to do, but podcasting week by week, I'm sure you can relate, not having the guests lined up. My anxiety is like one of my few anxiety situations that still exists this far after the accident is when those guests are running low. I haven't missed a week since December 2020 on the entrepreneur show and the mental health break a few weeks after. So I was like, I'm getting this done, recorded, lined up. And then I can focus on new new endeavors and not compromise the value and integrity of guests by waiting for the last minute. You know, you're a two-time guest, you know, value just like Trent all throughout. It's mm, awesome. Well, let me know. You need help with uh, anyone in the other states. I mean, I'm always happy to help. I got, you know, yeah, pretty doesn't mean I can't record more. <laughs> I can always put more on the show. More people yeah. can get bonus episodes. So, uh, all right. So let's talk a little bit about questions that we have. As we look at this, let's talk about current challenges of being an authority. You know, a lot of people are like, that's, that's, a, that's a role of responsibility now. This is, these are these big itties, right? We talk about leadership in my company. It seems to be less, a, less of an attractive position now, given all the cameras, the media spin, uh, everyone waiting in the wings to question your decision, not only privately, but very publicly, <laughs> right? So tell me about, tell me about uh, what do you think of the current challenges as an authority in an area? I mean, it is wild how publicly the criticism can become from people that I find that the most critical individuals are people who probably wouldn't attempt the task they're being critical at. For example, being on camera or speaking or a type of content where you'll find most people don't post, they'll just comment. Which is fine. And I've also found the more, I wouldn't even call it success. I'm still on my way. I've had a lot of ups, but I've had a lot of downs. I've done a lot of good stuff. I've got a lot of future announcements, but 
I still haven't done some things, even though I'm, I'm doing it, whatever. The lack of support, my support's gone down as I think I've become more successful on my social media platforms as far as likes. Comments are up, which is cool. And that's what it's about, interaction for me. But as a younger guy, social media is very prevalent in my generation. It came yeah. out when I was in college. I, I got hit by a car when Instagram came out. So I'm brain injury in my bed, depressed, watching my friends have a great time. Social mm. media is a part of our lives. And yeah. now it's something that I'm just, it took practice and not practice. I should just say persistence of my mission to not care about whether someone liking my photo on Instagram matters because they're not writing my checks and they're not introducing me to companies to make a difference with. Everything I'm doing is just transitioning, as I mentioned, to YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, more targeted connections, more targeted marketing on my posts. I'm able to put the link for my shows, the link to certain things I do. I'm getting more interaction with people messaging me on LinkedIn, on Facebook. So that's the feedback I'm really taking to heart. Not really yep. as much as people not... Okay. Not, I don't want to sound the wrong way. I'm not qualified to give advice on every topic. I wouldn't go to a teacher for advice on how to fix a car. So for example, advice in my business, some of my friends and loved ones may mean the best, but they're just not qualified to give that advice. Mm. So it's really trying to stay aware of that, having conversations with people like you, brainstorming, finding ways to help each other grow, getting our balls rolling in the brain, getting the marbles rolling, just kind of finding new ways to grow from those experiences I've learned, not getting down about what certain people may feel. because mm. I think that's matter. a critical component. You know, what I'm hearing, you know, out of that Vince is that it's really important uh, to have a good raincoat, right? <laughs> because people are going to weigh in and you got to let some things roll off. And I think as a leader and as an authority, uh, that's a challenge because uh, we have the, you know, especially in the U S we have very opinionated. I don't know if this is in every culture in our culture, we have what we call the armchair quarterback. And, you know, the day after the game, everybody wants to tell you what should have done. You know, well, this is how you should have done. <laughs> like, well, with all the information and data you have now, yeah, but in real time, um, you know, these folks are often armed with Crazy. 10, 15% of the information and are, and are absolutely happy to weigh in on their expert opinion. And I just don't tend to give guidance. I don't tend to coach. I don't tend to... Uh, help or attempt to help or make any decisions with 15% of the information because I find that I'm not qualified. Like I, I better get the information because we don't make good decisions. We don't give good guidance without that information. Yet our culture seems to kind of spew the information based on 10, 20% when, and everyone's an expert. Like, and that's, and that's bonkers to me. Tell me what you think. I would agree with you hundred percent. And it's a shame because that's why I stopped surrounding myself with certain people. When you're younger, you're in college, you know, you're always, you know, everything you're weighing in, you're, you're ignorant at the time. But as you grow older, you have to realize that you sound ignorant and you're going to move forward. So it's something I'm continually growing on. Obviously, you know, we're always works in progress, but listening instead of speaking more and more. And like I said, being younger, it might not have been the best at that in college. You know, you're, yeah. you're around your peers. You're just oh, yeah. you're foolish. Yeah, yeah. It's part yeah, of I was there, brother. I we've was all, there. We've all, experienced, <laughs> we've all experienced it. So now it's just kind of as I get older and I'm getting these little mini doses of success. It's like, all right, let's keep, let's keep this going. Learning, learn, learn and keep moving because there's going to be a new learning lesson tomorrow or later today. So, so both of us can admittedly say 
that we, we were those kids, right? We were 21 and Hey, I know everything. Just ask me. Right. Um, but let's talk when you're a pretty young man. Have you hit 30 yet? Are you 30? August 19th, man. Oh, big three. Oh, okay. So yeah. we got a birthday coming up. So I mean, when yeah. you look at that, you're not that far removed. You have a great young audience that looks up to you, you know, and it's good. They're listening. You've got an ear there. What do you, what do you think? Tell these people what you've learned as, as you're in Tampa, you know, you're not far from the U. You you go by there or 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 uh, South Florida, you know, one of the U's there, and you see the 21 year old acting a fool, you know, spewing, you know, uh, I I know everything. Just ask me, right? You know, no different than Vincent Trent. Where I'm not saying I'm not judging because I, you know, I know I was that guy, right? So, what do you think of that now? I mean, is what's your reaction to it now? Again, it just listen. Stop talking and listen, because if you listen so much more to everybody I've been around, I could, who knows what I could be doing. You never know yeah. what you missed out by just trying to know it all, trying to impress somebody. And, you know, it's just part of growing up. It's part of, and I still have a lot of growing up to do. I'm nowhere still, like I said, a big work in progress in many areas, but every day is an improvement. Every day I'm finding a way to be committed. And as much, no one wants to, even though I don't really consider much of this work at this point, I, I truly love everything I'm doing, but no one wants to be productive 24 hours a day, seven days a week. There's got to be some downtime, some time to love life. And that's why, like I said, I'm the type of guy who will do 16 hour days, six days a week for two months. Like I just did record all of my podcasts for almost until October. So I could open up the door for some more things. It's always yeah. on to the next. I love it. I love it. All right. So let's quickly, before we go, this is going to be the last part of our show. So first of all, thank you, Vincent. I mean, that's, that's crucial that we have you on. I love listening to your shows. You do great interviews. You have some great people online. If you have not listened to your, tell them your podcast shows. Yeah. So just migrated to four shows. We're going to start with the podcast though. The first one is called That Entrepreneur Show. Yep. The definition of entrepreneur I use as there are certainly many different and a lot of misuse, but mine is founder of a company of a brand for at least one year. Because I found that if you don't have at least a year, your learning experiences probably aren't going to be there. And that's not, I'm only a seven, eight year guy. I'm not trying to sound prideful. I'm just for the audience. There's integrity involved in the show. Once I'm at 6,500 downloads now, now there's something I hold up to. I respectfully tell people if they inter email me, I said, I'm not going to turn down your interview. You're qualified. But one of my goals is 50 states. So every season I can't have New York, Cali, Texas. <laughs> Those yeah, are the yeah, people yeah. that reach out a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Good. But then the next one, and that's for not just entrepreneurs. That's if you have an idea, you want to expand your business, yes. you just need some motivation. Tune yep. in because you never know whose journey can inspire you most. Where Trent's from, where sports Trent played, Trent's family life. Something might click for you. And that's my advice in a lot of things. But the mental health break is number two. Interview a different advocate or professional, not just doctor, but um Debbie Lundberg, she is a mind coach, so she has that perspective yep. of mental health. Uh, Robbie Crabtree, a guy <laughs> I just started linking up with out in Texas, phenomenal guy. He was an attorney who lost a clear-cut case because the jury found that emotions were more involved than the facts. So now he brought the uh, representing people's mental health onto the show. So we have that all angles to improve your mental health. Don't be ignorant to the fact that we need to improve our mental health, not just kids. We all went through some COVID. Let someone's journey help you. Um, show number three, which Trent's episode's coming up pretty soon, is called Vin Story Share. Same idea where 
our stories are powerful. Our experiences are powerful. You share what happened to you. That could help someone else in similar shoes. This week, we have Tony Alexander, U.S. veteran, human resources advocate, diversity and inclusion expert. Tune into that. And then we have Writing with Authors. If you're an author, any published work, reach out. We'll get you on that show. The YouTube shows are much shorter, about 10, 15 minutes, where we... It's all about you. I want to talk about your work. We inspire future authors. You give some great advice on there. And um, when Trent's book's ready, we're going to have him on there. You know that. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. All right, cool. Last, uh, let's go with the best way to win. Something that you might want to share with the listeners that we did not touch on today. You know, we're, we're, we talk about it like, hey, we're down. We want to win. What do you think the best way to win that maybe we wow. haven't covered? We talked about a lot today, Trent. And before thank we get going, I want to stop and thank you again for inviting me on. So grateful to be in front of your audience. And I hope some of you reach out. I'd love to connect with a lot of you. But one way to win, we talked about believing in yourself. We talked about fitness, all those things. We talked about learning from your lessons. Hmm. One more way to win. I would say I'm going to talk about some things I consider myself an expert on in Mr. Lancey Talks Mental Health. I talk about mental health breaks each day, and that's not having popcorn or something junk on the couch. That's taking 15 minutes every hour off the screen or 10 minutes or five minutes as the day goes on, doing some laundry, leaving a dish or two to do in the dishes and do that. Productive breaks to keep you going. Um, the morning routine, if you go to my LinkedIn bio on Instagram, I had an article published about my morning routine where that is something, the gym's obviously a part of that, but that morning routine sets me up for success and it gives me the ability to work over 12 hours every day. Uh, I could give you a quick preview because I know we're running out of time, but alarm goes off. Or if you, I, I wake up with a natural alarm, but when that time comes, 15-minute alarm, no screen time for 15 minutes. That's where I do those micro chores where the dishes, whatever. Then we move into the work, 55-minute alarm, five minutes off the screen, 50-minute alarm, eyes off the screen, then the gym. Then we come back, we eat breakfast, and I'm rocking and rolling. That's how I'm mm. starting. Before I waste time on email, getting sucked in at one after the other, I yeah. Write, yeah, before bed, write down the three most important things I do when I wake up. I hit those, that, those two alarms. It really does. It helps me so much, and I hope it does for you too. If you use it, reach out. I want to hear about it. Yeah, Talk good. a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've talked about that three before bed before. I mean, that's that's crucial for me. If it doesn't happen, um, my day is not intentional, right? Uh, it all of a sudden, I'll look up and it's 3.30 and I'll be like, what was the first most important thing I was supposed to do? Like, come on, now I'm up against time clock, potential, uh, uh, um, you know, roadblocks, potential, anything that could, could, uh, sabotage my day, any kind of interruption could beat it up and really cause a lack of productivity. So Sorry. make sure you look for our upcoming ebook, the pyramid of leadership. Please subscribe to our channel, like our show, five-star our show. We always bring you high quality content. We love it. If you're interested, any questions, you have comments, DM, email me, find out how we help and you win with great teams. We do that really well at leadershipity. Finally, Vince, the last thing I have for you is what's the verse? What's the quote? What, what's something that you love, live by? Your kind of go to, hey, this is what I read. This is my thing. I've got, you know, something up on my wall. What's kind of your go to for you when things are tough? Like, hey, you can, you can go to this 
and it'll level you right now and bring you back to the foundation of, you know, what's important. Go back to my mental health break, go back to my fitness, go back to my hard work, stick to my routines. I'm going to give you two sides. One's okay. obviously God first, family first, everything else second. And that's always with work too. Before my grandmother passed away, every day I FaceTime her. My mother still FaceTime every day. Dad texts every It's like that's how that's my life. And the second is it only takes one. This stems from my first manager, baseball coach, Tom. In that scenario, scenario excuse me, it was only takes one hit. But in life, one connection, one networking event, one person from this watching this can call me and bring me in to speak to his company. We speak on my book, and that's a great event. One yep. event can push you in the right direction, no matter how down and out you are. As long as you stay persistent and consistent, something's got to go your way eventually. And I'm grateful for so far a great year, not just financially, but physically, emotionally, and networking. I mean, it's just been an incredible year. I, with that, Trent, again, thank you so much for bringing me on and everyone listening on. If you own a business, run a business, I'd love to speak with your employees with my mental health book. It's something we all need to be proactive about because if you neglect certain things in this COVID pandemic too long, they will become lifelong hindrances. And I want to do my small part. I love it. Yeah. And I think that's a, it's a great reminder, right? And I think that's what COVID's done for us. It's really kind of set us back to what's important. And right. I like your, you know, God family, like, let's start there, right? Like that's all the rest of it is just eh, the rest of it. Right. And, and, work and, and not that we don't spend time in that, that not that that's not valuable, but prioritizing our time um, is always good. And, you know, we do a lot of audits of time and, you know, oh, people yeah. say like, Hey, God and family. And then they do their audit of time and go, you know, I keep saying God and family, but I don't need to spend any time with God and family. <laughs> you know, like, wait a minute, how's that going to work? So for me, I want to share my quote for Vince Lancey because he and I have known each other a couple of years now. I went right back to James 1, 2 to 4. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. And Vince Lancey, I always think of you when I, when I read that. And, you know, when we think about that verse, I always like, oh man, I'm facing a trial. Oh, well, thank you, Lord. This is pure joy. I, you know, this is what I really needed today, right? Um, you know, 14 cars at the pump on Memorial Day or, you know, a sick kid or, you know, what, what's happening to me? I lost my job. Like pure joy? Like really? But you have faced, uh, many trials, but yet, your faith has developed, the perseverance, mm -hmm. it continues to finish his work. I see you're mature and I see as you're completing yourself, yes, um, as I see as you're not lacking anything with your, with your mission. And I'm just, uh, I'm thrilled for what's next for you, my man. So for those of you out there, Vince, thank you so much for, for coming aboard today. Thank you for having me, Trent. Thank you for everyone tuning in. Keep watching this guy's show. It's one of a kind. All right. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next episode on Winners Find Way every Friday, 1230 Eastern, 930 AM Pacific, live on our Leadershipity YouTube channel. See you then. Thank you for joining us for another Winners Find a Way show. I am your host, Trent Clark. If you love this episode, share this episode with your friends and follow us on whatever podcasting medium you're listening to. If you want more content from us, join us at leadershipity.com or the Leadershipity YouTube channel. 
You can find us on all the social media networks at either Trent M. Clark or Leadershipity. For our award-winning workshop, Win With Great Teams, you can find that page on LinkedIn as well as our corporate page, Leadershipity. If you want to win more, it starts with you today. Say it with me now. I have what it takes.